Allie, you know what I've really been wanting to do? Because I'm just such a basketball junkie, is go visit the Naismith Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. But hey, if you're like me and are ready to book your travel today, the nerds at NerdWallet are here to help you take the first step towards making your dream a reality. NerdWallet's team have researched hundreds of the top credit cards, mortgages, and more so you can easily compare and find what's right for you. Maybe you're looking for some adventure, or maybe you're looking for an elevated heart rate that only a visit to the Naismith Hall of Fame can provide. NerdWallet can help you compare and find the smartest cashback cards to get more from your spending and turn that safe cash into an excellent day at the museum. Ready to compare your way there? Take the first step by discovering the smartest credit cards, mortgages, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NMLS 1617539. His co-host basically said it's like walking up to a sleeping bear and just sticking something in his mouth. I was dying. Sticking a what? A stick? <laughs> Welcome into this edition of Road Trippin' with RJ and Channing. I'm your host, Allie Clifton. Um, it's just you and me, Channing, today. Richard has other responsibilities, uh, and it's kind of an early one. Oh, what? You sad? I've been out. You sad because your no, friend is here? sad. No, thank God. You see the smile? I haven't even had coffee yet. I haven't had my pre-workout. How was your weekend? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ooh. Hang on. Let's start there. Does that pre-workout make you, like... Fired up, shake, jittery, tingle. Does it make your no, body tingle? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like the tingle. You know, listen. When you oh. get a little older and you want to do like a good workout, like I did two pull-ups yesterday. Your boy is sore. Without bands, pull-ups, not like assisted. Seven foot. Yeah, without no, not assisted. So when I first retired, I took like six months off and got hella fat. And my my <laughs> kids were like, "Dad, can you do one pull-up?" And I was like, "Yeah, I can do a pull-up." It's only been six months, boy. Listen. If I was on a cliff, I'm not even, your boy, I'm done. I'm gone. <laughs> not even, there's not even a say, you know, how people grab on and just catch. I'd be like this. You know what? I don't have the muscles for this. Ooh, gone. But I did two pull-ups. I'm pretty proud of myself. Can we actually have a conversation about this for one second? Do you prefer yes. pull-ups over chin-ups? <sighs> you know what? <clears throat> I think pull-ups are more, are tougher. And so, like, if you can get, you know, the most pull-ups, real hang-dropped, dead-hang pull-ups I ever got was 15, right? Which is a lot for a seven-footer. But then chin-ups, I can get, like, the most I ever got was, like, 20. So it's different muscles, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. I'm built like that. Built what like stage that. of your career were you getting 15 pull-ups? Stop it. Okay. Uh, I did it senior year of college. I did it... Oh, okay. uh, <clears throat> Phoenix. I was really strong in Phoenix. I liked their program. And then uh, after that, I said, what the hell am I doing all these damn pull-ups for? So I just stopped. <laughs> okay. So people may or may not know, obviously my nickname is Mack Truck. I took the weight room very serious. I leg pressed oh. three times, 685. Um, damn. But the one thing, and then I was a grad assistant in the weight room. I trained every athlete at the University of Toledo except football. Loved it. Two years. 4 a.m. wake-ups, Monday through Friday. I was crazy. Do not like the pre-workout. Never got into that stuff. All natural is what I like to say. However, I could not do a chin-up to save my life. In fact, what? they gave me like legit anxiety. I would freak out. I had to do band assisted because I like to say, and I prefaced with the fact that I would leg press 685, which means my lower half is probably a little bit bigger than my upper half. 
Which means when you think about that, Wouldn't having you to hope like so, pull, Ellie? <clears throat> you it's hope not so? the case for everyone. <laughs> Who built like the letter P? <laughs> you know what Come I'm talking now. about. Or maybe right. that means that I just needed to work on my arms, my biceps. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. chin up. You are ahead of your time now. Listen, nobody cares. It's all about chin ups thighs and butts me. now. <laughs> Stop it, I cannot. Uh, how was your weekend? <laughs> Pull up some Dude, it was good. Uh, yeah, good. I had all my kids, well, three of my kids all by myself, so I just kicked it really with them. Watched the new Batman, which I thought was very good, and I'm pretty picky. Uh, and then just did dance stuff, right? It's just watch basketball, did dance stuff, and, uh, you know, talked about getting outdoor lighting for my house. That was like... The peak of the of the, of the <laughs> weekend there. That's when you know you've reached that age and that time in your oh. life when that's what excites you. <laughs> I'm literally like, ooh, you think we can get some up lights on there? What about some, you know, some motion detectors right there? Yeah, oh yeah. Look at this pathway. I think we're going to get some, I don't know if the sun hits it enough. I'm like, I'm out there. I cannot. Um, okay, so I have a really fun story before we talk a little playoffs because I know you yes. probably have a lot to talk about uh, when it comes to hoops right now. Um, so I went to Coachella. Anyone that follows me, Al.Clifton on Instagram, shout out. Um, you recognize that I went to Coachella this weekend. I'm 34 years old. I will never go back again. I actually probably should have went before the age of 25. Um, I learned three things in life when I was there that you should go between probably the ages of, well, to be responsible and legal to drink, 21 and 27. After that, good luck. Um, if you're fortunate enough, take the VIP route. I was not. I lived it up as, you know, just a normal human being. I loved it. Um, and no matter how cute or, um, hot you think you are, uh, the shoe game is important. Maybe get yourself some UFOs. <laughs> We're going to talk about this episode <laughs> later because we walk 32 miles in three days. It is insane. The amount of walking that you do. Here's the story though, that I want to tell because I thought it was awesome. Um, and it kind of, it gets me excited and giddy and it's about road tripping. I feel like, I don't know about you Channing, but every single time I'm recognized, no matter how many years, by the way, I've put now a decade in the NBA as a sideline reporter or a studio host, um, an analyst in, in some sort of respect as well. But I do not get I do not get recognized for that. I get recognized for who I am on this damn podcast. And I love it. It's wonderful awesome. because I also think that means it's national. It's worldwide. We talk about you, our, our viewers, our listeners all the time. Get to the story. So I decide last minute to go to Coachella with one of my best friends. It was myself. Uh, one of my other good friends um, from our makeup team at Spectrum and nine ER doctors in our house. So well taken care of, right? Um, and it was one of those things where we knew like three individuals, four individuals upon showing up. And then I was just going to meet everyone along the way. So first morning, wake up, 8 a.m. Everyone is sleeping except my girlfriend and I from Spectrum. And then um, this individual who pops out and is like, hello. And we're like, hi, what's your name? What's your name? His name is Mike. I will not say his last name out of protection for him. And um, long Protect. story short, conversation <laughs> led to the pool that day at our, at our home that we were at. And everyone's just trying to get to know each other. And he said, so so what do you do? And I, I said, I'm a sports broadcaster. And someone from the back says, she works at Spectro. And I'm, I'm thinking in his brain, he's thinking that I work for the cable company. So I just let it go. No big deal. I don't need to talk about anything else. We're there on vacation. And then a couple hours later, he finds out, I think I told him, um, that I do sports broadcasting for the Lakers team partner. 
cool. Go our separate ways that night. We all go to the concert. Billie Eilish in concert is freaking amazing. Hands down. Loved her. Everyone asked who my favorite act concert was. It was her. Um, next morning, wake up. We are approaching the final day where I just want to go home, but you got to power through. You're there for three days. And I just need to take a break before the day starts. So I go out in the open space and there's this little nook where there's this little bench in this home. Everyone else is passed out asleep still and very, very quiet. It's 730-ish. And out of nowhere, I look up and here's this man again in this house. And he stands next to me and he says, hi. And I say, hi. He says, can I sit? And I said, yes, you can. And he said, you're from that podcast. It, mind ah. you, eyes damn near not even open yet. And I said, huh? He said, I'm sorry. I Googled you. Oh, did you? You do the road trip and podcast. Can I give you a hug? And I was like, oh my God, road tripping. Yes, I do the podcast. Everywhere. Shout out to Mike, new friend of mine, loves the podcast. I thought it was so awesome. He was able to recall certain episodes. He uh, mentioned that Channing and Richard, Channing, that you guys are clowns in a good way. He said they're so funny. I can't help but like laugh every single time I listen to them in the most respectful way. Um, so yeah, I thought it was yeah. just so funny. I, I can't get away from road tripping. It's awesome. No, same here. I mean, well, it's probably because I wear the road tripping shirt all the time. But yeah, that would be funny if he had like was doing surgery and he was like listening to a podcast like, oh, my God, did you hear this one? You know, doing his stuff. That would have been you know how they, scary. Well, he but isn't, I will funny. say I will say he is not one. He was one that was not an ER doctor. He came with one of the, the doctors. But I will say, oh, you know, when so they talk about normie. how yeah, yeah. you know how um, they say that that's what surgeons do. Like, isn't that true? Yeah. Like, they'll be jammed Haven't in music. Have you seen Doctor Strange, like... the movie? Did you really just compare oh okay, Doctor yeah. Strange to real life? He was a doctor. Did you not watch the first 15 minutes of the movie? He was no, a really famous doctor and would put on music. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. My bad. My bad. Well, anyways. Okay, yeah. So, I thought it was an awesome story. Shout out to our, our viewers, our fans. I really think that you guys are awesome and... You're like through and through when you come across someone who has listened to or watched road tripping i'm just gonna say this for myself i don't know how you feel in public chanting but if you're ever around and you see me and you recognize me or uh, myself from road tripping please say hello i love it i think it's so much fun all right story time in the books with that said take a shot nba playoffs chanting spicy yeah. or no <laughs> pre-workout uh ish <laughs> Spicy-ish. Um, you got to – so so much is happening. You got to kind of give me the – okay, give me the series, and I'll give you my opinion about it. All right, well, before this drops, we're going to talk – we'll preface here. It is the morning of three game sixes tonight. <clears throat> so do you want to start with the series that are not over yet? Or uh, no, let's start with the ones that are over. About... All right, so you've got uh, Milwaukee and Boston. And Milwaukee, of course, as we all know, without Chris Middleton. Okay, Boston, Milwaukee. I thought okay, Milwaukee, we knew we were going to beat the junk out of Chicago. They got the gentleman sweep. Um, you know, Milwaukee got some problems now that Chris Middleton is not there for that series, the next series, right? And so you're going to have to see a lot more out of Drew Holiday. Boston's on fire right now. They believe they're like, you know, Jason Tatum is, I would say, if anybody playing in the playoffs right now, He's probably the MVP of like 
just doing everything consistently at a high level on on um, next to Giannis, I think. And then um, you look at Boston beating the Nets, you know, and this is my honest opinion is that, you know, obviously Steve Nash is my guy. Um, I love Kyrie and KD for what they do, but everyone wants to blame Steve Nash or they want to blame this or that. What coach other than Phil Jackson himself are you getting in there to tell KD and Kyrie to run? Like, what plays are you running for them, right? If you notice, any time that either one of them has won a championship, they have had a 1A point guard, somebody that can yell at them and talk to them and control the game, and that's when they win. You look at Kyrie won when LeBron was on his team. KD won when Draymond and Steph were on their team. Where their system, if you actually watch the film of how Golden State played and then how KD played, they did their thing, and when KD got the ball, he had free reign to go do it. But he did he wasn't just given the ball the whole time. So to blame Steve Nash, what are you telling KD and Kyrie? Like, set a screen for what? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have anybody on the court that can tell them, hey, I got you, or that they trust. They're that good. And so it's a weird position for them to be in because they are so elite at what they do, scoring the basketball, that, like, for them, they it's hard for them to see the game as a pass-first guy, like a LeBron, like a Draymond, like a Steve Nash, like a Jason Kidd. You need to get a veteran that they respect to go in there and to be the floor leader for them and to feed them gent like to give them easy shots. When they have to do it one-on-one, you saw they became exhausted. No one else touches the ball. And then it's just like defensively, no one feels involved. When mm-hmm. KD and Kyrie take 15 of 18 shots in a quarter and everyone's playing defense, you're just running up and down. So for me, I don't think it's a Steve Nash problem. I think it's a, a, a issue that you it's going to be hard to find somebody, a veteran point guard that they trust that can control the pace of the game. He doesn't need to shoot a lot, AKA a Derek Fisher or a, you know, who, you know, I don't even know who else, somebody like that. Um, who else? And then we go to the Miami Atlanta. Let me hang on. Let me, let me ask you okay. a question about the, the Steve Nash and um, yeah. that whole situation, because I think too, obviously, as you know, at the end of the day, it, it's always going to come back to the coach, whether it's right or wrong. Right. right? And, and I just stated my piece with Frank Vogel and how I felt players don't fire themselves. How much of that, wasn't it just a season ago that they were in the Eastern Conference Finals? And I understand that the roster was different, but how much do you take into account the fact that you have a, a player and an individual in Kyrie who was not there half the season? You lost James Harden. What you got back for it had yet to hit the court. Um, yeah. I, I, Joe Harris, no Joe Harris, who we all know right. uh, and, and what he has been into this league. But how much will they actually put stock into that? Do you think that this is I think you have to. the final who, time for my, my Steve Nash? Is- if, if it does happen, I think that's unfair. And what coach out there, you, like I said, if you had a guy like Kobe Bryant or Jason Tatum or a high-volume elite offensive player, right, the relationship Jason Tatum has with Ime Udoka is special. But when you have an elite score like that, right, look at, okay, for instance, look at Trey Young when he was with his original coach then when Nate McMillan came. He mm-hmm. became exponentially better. Now, he didn't have a good series. Miami's a different beast. It is what it is. But he's still a really good player. 
what coach and what system are you drawing? I don't know if anybody watched even the Cavs. We had two plays for when Kyrie was in the game. And most of them were to get the correct ISO and then let him go until there was a double team. Mm -hmm. But again, he had all veteran shooters who understood that. And he also had a point guard in LeBron James. So for me, to blame Steve Nash, you're playing your two best players 40-plus minutes a night. Some of them can't play every other night. How do you practice? Like, what are you practicing? Mm -hmm. Like, what plays are you really running over and over and over? There's just no system for that, right? That's why Phil Jackson worked for Jordan and Kobe because those guys would do the same thing as KD and Kyrie, except in a triangle, he had to pass it. He had to get it back. He had to screen. He had to do so. It was just part of the program. And he got really good within that system. I don't know when you have Kyrie and KD what system you run other than, okay, who can't guard you? Everyone on the court. So go beat them. I mean, it's just, to me, when you look at it that way, I just feel like they got to come together. And also, I don't know if Kyrie and KD want to be coached like that at this point in their careers, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they want to change what they've done based on all the success they've had, which is not a, it's not a knock on them. It's more like, wait a second. Again, Phil Jackson, he could tell them, hey, I have six championships. I want you to do this or 10, whatever he has now. But whatever coach you bring in, they're going to be like, what, what play is this? Give me the ball. I bring the ball up. I have a matchup I like, and I go. You can't tell them that's Isn't a bad that- shot. Isn't that part of winning, though? And don't you think for the two of them who have won that, in a sense, obviously the relationship matters, right, with the head coach? Yeah, I I think they like the – KD likes the relationship. You know, Kyrie, I think, as far as I've heard from the media side. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know his relationship with Steve, so I'm not assuming anything. But in what way do you think you're coaching KD and Kyrie? Right, like yeah, yeah. want somebody to explain. You can hold them accountable, okay? But again, mm-hmm. as a coach with that roster, no Joe Harris, no Ben Simmons, you know Kyrie half the time. You got to play him forty eight minutes. He gonna make mistakes. Remember when mm-hmm. uh, James Harden, when he won MVP, was averaging like thirty eight minutes a game, and at times he was just gassed and wasn't even playing defense. It happens over that many games when you're asked to do so much offensively for that team. And the build of the team just didn't work out, right? LaMarcus Aldridge didn't work out. Blake Griffin didn't work out. Andre Drummond didn't work out. Like, you know, James Johnson didn't work out. Joe Harris got hurt, you know? It's Mm -hmm. just one of those things that on paper it looks awesome, but then you go to see and you're like, yeah, they just don't have anybody who's an on-court distributor to, like, you know, you know those dogs that like eat their food really fast, so you got to put all the food in a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. That's what a point guard does. He slowly feeds KD, Kyrie. Oh, here's a screen and roll for somebody else. You get a wide open jumper. We get a couple lobs. Like it takes the pressure off them to have to be anything outside of themselves. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. Well, they will join Brooklyn. You imagine will join the Lakers in terms of everyone having their eye on the offseason and what happens next, of course. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, but it's the first time in 17 years that uh, LeBron or Kevin Durant is not in the playoffs past the first round. So that is crazy. Yep. And you mentioned it. You love it. The compelling stories because they are still out there. So moving on, um, the Miami 
Miami series. You were going there next. They look good, man. <laughs> Victor Oladipo is one of the nicest humans ever. I am so glad to see him out there. And I'm glad how Miami is playing him. You know, I was like, man, they are really slow rolling him. But I think they knew that if he's 90 to 100% and conditioned, he can give you those 31-point games. <clears throat> he's a def He was one of the best two-way players in the league at his prime. He's not afraid of the moment. He fits into a system, and he's just another dog on that team. When Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler have injury problems, and you can bring in a two-way guy like, like Victor Oladipo to help close out games. And also for me, you paid everybody. I said sometimes the bag weighs the boat down, mm -hmm. right? They paid all these guys, and all of them underachieved all year, and not one of them stepped up. Dude. Who are you telling? I mean, yeah, but but these guys are young, though. This is not like, okay, for the Lakers, <laughs> they're older. It just yeah. didn't work out. You have yeah. MVPs, no, right? Yeah, but they're 35-plus. Yeah, right. These guys just mm -hmm. got the bag. Future Hall of Famers. You yeah. should be playing free. You're done. Like, you've already <clears throat> won. But they just no yeah. fight and no, you know, and they have injuries like everyone else. I hate that excuse. That happens to everybody. But, like, I was disappointed yeah. that they didn't have any grit when it really mattered, you know, like, damn, you can't like join. What's up with the chemistry? You know, something isn't, something isn't, there's a yeah. block missing there. Last year they snuck up on people this year. They were like, well, we got our money. All right, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So as they await uh, their opponent, let's talk Ugh. about the Sixers Raptors so, series. One. That's a three, two. That's a game. James six. Harden. So far, has been six. running on two flat tires. Now, I don't know if I have too high of expectations, but every team he's ever been on said, we just want James to be aggressive. We just want James to be aggressive. I think he's averaging 14 points this series. And it's just like, does he have anything left? Right? And then all the stories. So everyone, the stories are infamous and already out there about how much he goes out and burns the candle at both ends. I don't know if that's still true today, but that catches up to you. And I think it caught up to him. He doesn't look in playoff shape. It's hard for him to really get by people consistently. Well, he has a lot of miles on him. So, hey, you know, taking my hands back. And I just don't see any, like, emotional investment into every possession as is required to win these, these series, especially against a young team like Toronto. Now it's 3-2. Your, your MVP player, Embiid, is asking your second best guy to go, we just want to be aggressive. It's effing May. <laughs> like, what? You're asking to be aggressive mm -hmm. in a playoff series. <laughs> your coach is, you know, based on the clip, is getting sensitive. And, you know, obviously that got to be in the back of his head about the 3-1 stuff because obviously he's being yeah. inundated with these questions. I think he's nervous. Joel Embiid's thumb hurts. Toronto has been slapping the crap out of that thing. Yep, They're going back to Toronto, which is a hard place to play. Mm -hmm. And now Toronto's starting to feel a rhythm you and know. get them off their thing. And they have to go back to Toronto and play without Matisse Thibel. So James Harden, what if? Joel Embiid playing on one hand. Tobias has been playing good. Danny Green has been 50-50, which is great. You know, as role players, excuse me. But it's just like... And I'm asking, when is the last time you've been like, damn, that's a James Harden 
playoff moment. Right. And maybe, and this is an honest question. Is that like, you know, I don't watch a lot of Houston when he was there, but I never was like, damn, that boy took over the game. You could say that for almost any other superstar. But, but I think, and, and to your point though, what you're saying right now is that at times he can step up and be the guy though. You still have Joel who has been obviously dominant all season long, but the way in which they play, does that lend for James Harden to be that Joel has been asking for it, right? Joel has been asking for it. And I think he's not letting on how much that thumb hurts. And to force feed him and force feed him and force feed him is important to get him Mm -hmm. established. But James Harden being like, hey, I got these next six plays. I'm going to find you something easy, right? You know, we don't need to just throw it Mm -hmm. to you. You go to work. Everyone stands around. James Harden is one of the best screen and roll players in the NBA. But I think also the problem lends itself as to he can't be aggressive because you look at the defenders that are on him consistently for Toronto. OG Ananobi, you got Siakam, mm-hmm. you got Van Vliet, you got Gary Trent. Like, he's begging to get to the free throw line almost every single time. And I think that habit has made him unaggressive to actually finishing through contact, um, especially in this series. But I think it'll be a good series. If it goes seven, I'm going to be watching. Oh, Toronto. If it goes seven, Toronto for sure. After what? Absolutely. I don't think, I don't think when in those games, your two best players have to win you those games. I think Siakam's been on fire. I think Van Vliet's mm-hmm. been doing well when he's not injured, right, with his hip and doing that. But they believe. In Toronto, I think Nick Nurse, I think Nick Nurse is a more strategic coach than Doc Rivers. Doc puts it on the players more, where Nick is like, we're making adjustments every quarter, every five minutes. We're doing this, doing that. I think his defensive versatility can throw Philly off. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Interesting. Let's take a quick time out because we have a few great products to tell you about this week. Hey everyone, it's Channing. I'm back to tell you more about our friends over at NerdWallet. Are you still dreaming about going to that museum in Springfield, Massachusetts? Well, what if we told you that NerdWallet can help you take the first steps to make that dream a reality? NerdWallet's team have researched hundreds of the top credit cards, mortgages, and more so you can easily compare and find what's right for you. Let's get you even more rewards with a smart cashback card for all your trip essentials. NerdWallet can help you find a card, give you cash back on restaurants, gas, car rentals, or even those amazing hot peanuts at the museum. Ready to compare your way there? Take the first step by discovering the smartest credit cards, mortgages, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NMLS 1617539. All right, road trippers, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Our entire crew loves it, and we know you will too. Prize Picks is the best NBA prop game across the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS operator, and they offer every player and stat category you can think of. Want to get into the game now? There's no better time with the NBA playoffs now underway. All new users that make their first deposit and use the promo code ROADTRIPPIN, will receive an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. All you have to do is pick two to five players and select an over-under on their daily projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks even allows mixed sport entries. Use the award-winning Prize Picks app, either on the App Store or Google Play today. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. 
Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Make this year's NBA playoffs a little more exciting and enjoy a special bonus offer on us. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code ROADTRIPPIN or go to your app store and download the app today. Remember, Road Trippers, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Um, all right, let's go to the West. Which one's most intriguing to you? Dallas, Utah. Right now. Sorry, I'm pulling up the bracket. I knew you were Blow it up, that. Utah. Blow it up. I mean, maybe I'm a Utah hater. I don't <laughs> care. It's disgusting watching them. Like, Luka was, like, spanking them himself. What did he have, 20, 23 and a quarter? Luka is so, so special. special. If he would just I come cannot. in season in shape, he would win an MVP every year. <sighs> just come in a season in shape. I don't, I don't get that. He played I don't for his get national that. team and needed a break. Like his body, his body, and the way, in the way we think MVPs need to look. That's not Luca. It's the same thing with uh, the yeah, but Joker. The Joker is in crazy. Their bodies shape. aren't gonna be like ripped and chiseled in. Like that. I don't need you. I just need you well, in. How is Lu- in shape? <laughs> Even he said, I'm not in shape. He was 20 pounds overweight. But, like, what is Luca and the way in which he moves and operates? Okay, at the very beginning of the season. But y'all have, I've, I've heard all of you, too. The training camp is not totally. the same as it used to be back in the 90s, the 80s, et cetera, yeah, Allie, where you come in and you run your tails to the ground. Is, it, you, you take the first. <clears throat> you can't 20, Allie? Maybe eight? Okay, that might be a bit eight, much. Eight, seven? I won't argue. You're the one that won championship. You're no, but I mean, 20 for, is hard, right? To... For him to have that much usage, that's why his hamstring hurts, your ankles hurt. That's like having a twenty pound bag on your on your back mm. and you're trying to do all these moves and then his usage yeah. rate, how much he dribbles, he's gassed, and then now he's like hurting his hamstring, his knees hurt, his ankles hurt. Like if you're gonna be that guy, be that guy during the summer, but then right before the season, five. Set five to seven. When it's time it's Yes. Time. I see it. But look at look at Jokic made a huge difference between he goes, holy crap. I like for us to be good, I need to be in elite shape. Now Jokic ain't shredded like that, but if you look at how much they use him, how much he's playing defense, yeah. how much he's dribbling, posting up, doing all this, he's in elite shape. He's one of the he's probably in just as good a shape as Giannis. He just doesn't okay. look like it. He's not built the same. <laughs> different individuals. <laughs> Genetics are crazy. Uh, okay. <clears throat> um, obviously, Memphis, Minnesota, 3-2. Memphis up right now. But Golden State closed out their series. I hate that I mentioned. love watching. By the way, people came at me on. What happened? People at who? The Warriors? Yeah, they're playing. Clay Thompson's my favorite guy, man. But, like, they just play so good. Like, now that I'm over here, how Draymond. Remember I told you Draymond is playing them to in get in shape? Way. He literally said that. Like, thank you for making me yeah. better. It's my That's point. That's scary. Is that they yeah. were like, we know yeah. we're going to win, but I'm going to go crazy dumb hard because you literally are the one and most impossible person to guard other than Luca in the Western Conference. They have yeah. a big chance. I, I love that oh, respect yeah. that Draymond said. each other. His way. Um, a big chance to win oh, a title. If they're playing like this, if you notice, Clay is getting Warriors. more in shape. Steph, now I'm I'm weirded out because do do you now bring Steph off the bench all of the playoffs or no? No, but he's averaging thirty two no. and you're winning. No, he's done. 
And what the average is a starter. Okay. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah. Jordan yeah, Poole's no. on fire. That, and he even said it in his post-game interview. Okay, that okay. experiment yeah, is yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> added it to the resume. Six man, six man of the year. Added it to the resume. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Back that, to that yeah. starting role. Um, I still, I, I know we talk about it all the time, but I'm telling you, when you're actually removed from it and you get to just watch it yeah. and kind of like enjoy it from a fan perspective, I tweeted last night, I was responding to Gina Paradiso, shout out Gina. Um, she's obviously a Warriors fan and she said how she said, basically her tweet was so simple. It can be so frustrating to be a Warriors fan. And I'm like, Stop are you My kidding? Buddy. Try having to go against them. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's like, what are we doing? I was like, dude, relax. You guys are going to win by 10, 12. Like, relax. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It's like straight up PTSD when they, I mean, back those three, I think it was two back-to-back threes by Steph. The way in which Draymond hunts it's, Steph. It's wild. And it looks so on, like... It happens so fast that it's just like how it's like organized chaos. Everything is a read and they've done the same things over and over and over again. So like Draymond knows you have to trail over top. And so if if somebody trails Steph over top, then Mm -hmm. somebody has to tag from the bottom weak side. But then you're leaving Andrew Wiggins who averages 20 for his career in that corner. Then you have Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole in that corner. So do you give Steph a layup or do you give like a Steph a three? And then the same thing with Clay and the rest of them, and that's the problem. I mean, the way in which, the way in which Steph oh. hits the three though isn't three worth more than two. I'd probably give him. Well, more you would say time. that, but like you're taught tag the roller every yeah. time. So instead of having your worst shooter the roller, you're having your best shooter the roller. Where they're like, "Damn, do I give up this layup?" Which is weird mentally, and you can't switch, right? You no. can't switch because you don't in yeah. these series. You can't grab enough. They're too. They're running around too much. You got to grab them and slow them down and like lean on them like a heavyweight. Yeah, just lean on it. <laughs> um, who do you think comes out of Memphis, Minnesota? Dude, Minnesota is so stupid sometimes. God dang! I'm like, what are y'all doing? They're big, big dummies. You're having your Charles Barkley big moments old right dummies? now. I'm like, dude, they. They beat themselves. You can't beat yourself. You're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I think the Grizzlies do it. I'm really kind of impressed with Minnesota. I love this transition now that this is Anthony Edwards' team. And there should be no discussion. This is not Carlton's Mm -hmm. team. He's second. No offense. 1A, 1B. Anthony Edwards, what do you need? How do we build around you? How can we grow you? You're special. You're the man. Why? Somebody his build Why? and his disposition. Um, all he needed was some leadership and somebody to hold him accountable, which I think Pat Bev does for good or for worse, you know. And I think Danzel Russell is that mm-hmm. guy that's just there and makes plays, um, you know, can hit threes. I think next year if they can go get an actual, again, a vet point guard who um, is more like, you know, with defensive intensity, if they can upgrade a Patrick Beverly, they're going to be pretty tough. They're lengthy. They're tough. They're just like so green behind the gills. It's disgusting. But I also love that Anthony Edwards is not, af- excuse me, not afraid of the moment. He just like, this is where I belong. And I, you want that, right? Yeah. He doesn't, you know, you know, no offense to Carlton Towns. You don't see him doing crazy things, hyping the crowd out, shushing, saying this, saying that. 
He just is focused on the game, and I respect that and, and can build around that if I'm a GM. It's kind of like the um, the whole Compl- total and Dude, he's a stud. Like <clears throat> the st- a stud. You could grow that. You could grow him into an elite defender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, the last one. How concerned are you? Is there reason to be uh, concerned, Phoenix Pelicans? I'm not concerned about the Pelicans. I think this is a good test for them. I think Mikhail Bridges has had an amazing series. Yeah, the Suns. You mean the Suns. Uh, <laughs> amazing series. I want to see if they can continue to build DeAndre Aiden up. I think they're going to need him later on in these other series. Like if they play Golden State, series is, the series is. Uh, he, he's the most important part to me. If he can't punish a, a switch or somebody yeah. that, that is underneath him, it's use, he's useless out there. If he can't uh, take a switch, post mm-hmm. up and get a hook shot or get a shot in the paint, Teams are just going to switch and make Chris Paul play one-on-one, which is not good um, until the fourth quarter, but that's different. Uh, I think, you know, they're going to need their bench to continue to come up and, and be aggressive. And uh, I'm really proud of, of uh, the Pelicans and what Willie Green has done with Griff and, and those guys. And I think, you know, the, the Zion thing is like I tell people, man, him doing these dunks before the game and this and that, that's not basketball. Layup lines is not basketball. If you look at him now, he's had all year off. He's still not in shape, right? And then you want to throw him against the best team and ruin your rhythm? He, I don't know if he's earned that opportunity. If you can't practice with the team, if you can't sacrifice for the greater good when we were 1-12, right, or when we were, you know, in the play-in, why would you take that opportunity away from somebody who's grinded every single day? And also, like, I'm proud that he can mm-hmm. dunk. That's amazing. But, like, <laughs> okay, you're, you're showing me nothing. This isn't yeah, a what, dunk what is this? I could do a windmill in, in yeah. pregame warm-ups, yeah. and then I miss all 15 fucking layups in the game. That don't mean nothing. Like, I just don't, I don't get what the big hoopla is. He hasn't played all year. Why would he play now? Not to turn this into like the conversation we were just having with Minnesota, but when you see guys like Brandon Ingram do what he is doing at the most important time and you know what Zion has been and um, what he was supposed to be for that franchise, if healthy, right? Is B.I. a guy that can be your your center, your focus? No, he, I would you know, say kind that of your 1B, Brandon Ingram. They still need. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, sorry. Finish. No, no, no. That, oh. that was all. Yeah. I think Brandon Ingram. I, I just think that there is a level that Brandon Ingram has oh, shown crazy. us. Sorry. But you want to know why he could show it? It's yeah. because That's his so team lends himself to him. They trust him, right? So when you bring in C.J. McCollum, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not just Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas. It's Brandon, C.J., and then Jonas. But then Herb Jones gets to be Herb Jones, right? They bring in the other guys who can just be themselves. So for me... He is your, he to me is your focal point. He's the guy that could get you a bucket, right? When you need something, he can get you a bucket. And then defensively, Herb says, I got you. So I liken those two to like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Not at that level yet, but ish, yeah, right? Like Jalen Brown was a defender. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum was a scorer. They're figuring it out. 
To me, I would need to see if Zion is committed. I've shown the world, we really don't need you. We would love to have you to help us be better. Mm -hmm. But if you think this is about you, then you need to go somewhere else where you could just go do you. Because right now we're building something with culture where people want to play here, where it's fun, where everyone's being held accountable. But from what I hear and what it looks like on my side, now I could be way wrong. I don't see or hear the commitment to what is being built in New Orleans, right? It's like they were one in 12. They build this up. They build this up. They, everyone's getting an opportunity to play. Herb Jones is balling. They bring in CJ. They bring in Larry Nance. Valanchunas is having a great year. Brandon Ingram is sprouting. And you're not hearing a commitment from somebody that's played one year out of three, really one year out of, you know, he'd been injured almost every single year and expects everything to be done on his time. I just don't, I don't know. There has to be a medium here. Mm -hmm. This team isn't built for Zion, but Zion will make this team good. Yeah. Zion will make this team very good. He fits in. Valanchunas is a shooter. CJ's a shooter. Uh, Brandon Ingram's a shooter. Herb Jones can make a corner three, so he has spacing. But wh why do I need to take my team back? Because you're not in shape at the beginning of the year to, to showcase you, right? What, what the Pelicans have done is said, oh, there's mm -hmm. a place for you at the table, but you're not ordering. This is a preset menu. <laughs> and I got Brandon Ingram, CJ, and Valanchunas on it. Yeah. Is, is my take on that. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I love your takes. Um, obviously, as we mentioned before this, um, wrapping up our kind of NBA discussion, uh, we're approaching three game sixes, and then there's a bulk of teams that are waiting for the second round. So um, it's my favorite. favorite oh, it's time. the best. Every night. Each round, obviously, gets better. Um, more spicy. Um, all right, let's finish with some yes. fun. Um, I was given some um, pop culture-ish things and just things that are going on in the world um, outside okay. of basketball. And can we please first start with what happened on the JetBlue flight from San Francisco to Miami with Mike Tyson? Oh. <laughs> please tell me oh, for you sure. saw this. First of all, the dude is a dick. <laughs> the dude is a like, dick. And, and somebody made a great tweet. Which one? It's like... You're asking people to have common sense, and people are still fucking with Mike Tyson in 2022. Like, leave the man alone. <laughs> and how he was hitting him was like, get off me little brother stuff. If he wanted to punch your jaw off, he could have easily done that. And then to oh, watch the video. Or yeah, bitch your ear off. To any of that. It's just like at a certain point, <laughs> I'm almost mad that the stewardesses or the people around him didn't intervene. Right? Like Mike is on the little private mm -hmm. things and the dude is hovering on top. Mike is being genuine. Hey, let's take a picture. Maybe you'll be happy. Over and over and over and over and over again. The person sitting next to Mike has a responsibility to help him out. Like, hey, excuse me, man. Like, give him a break. Right? Like, what? Like, if a mm -hmm. man was, if a, a, a person was bothering another person and you saw that person was uncomfortable, right? where that person was really drunk and it was getting uncomfortable for them. Yeah. I would step in. Hey, my man are like, Hey, can I talk to you for a sec? Excuse me. Can you give me a second? Like step in like, Hey, I, you know, I saw you being uncomfortable. There's <laughs> just, there gotta be more empathy for people being, it's really being attacked on an airplane where you can't go anywhere. 
Oh yeah. That, I'm actually glad you hit that side because that in itself is like, what is going on? How does anyone in their right mind, whether that individual is Mike Tyson or not, no matter who it is, you don't do yeah. that what? to another no. individual. On an airplane? Like it's just so disrespectful. It's so wrong. Yeah. But the fact that no one spoke up, no one did anything. Reprimanded the individual and that, yeah, it, it was able to get to where it was. But then on the flip side of this, can we just have a moment? Like, are we freaking kidding Mike Tyson? <laughs> what? You might as well have jump in a pit Joe of Rogan tigers. Podcast? You might as well just. I can't. <laughs> okay. Tell me what it's like because his co-host, I can't even say it out loud, but his co-host basically said it's like walking up to a sleeping bear and just sticking something in his mouth. I was dying. Sticking a what? A stick? <laughs> Sticking a stick in his mouth. Exactly. You have to go listen. No. Allie, you have what did he say? Go listen to it. And I was like, "How would Channing describe? How would Channing describe what that moment yeah, I, was like? Thinking that you could act like that to Mike I mean, Tyson. You want to? You know what? Give me a funny. There are some just assholes out there. It's just pure assholeness that you're like, yo. And then after after video, like, oh, I just got beat up by Mike Tyson. You really look at where his scars were. Wasn't even where Mike hit him. Yeah. He probably hit his head from being too drunk. If you watch the video, Mike is punching his chest. Like concussed. Ugh. Right? What happened? Sorry. Yeah. Well, it looked like on the mm -hmm. video, Mike was hitting his chest. My family keeps going. And then, Sorry. you know, the guy was like, oh, I just got beat up by Mike Tyson. Now I want to do this. You're like, dude, I would have whooped your ass too. I'll take that fine. I'll take the fine. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay. We'll have, we'll do yeah. two more real quick. Um, that's actually kind of following up from a previous episode when you guys talked about Dude. the etiquette. Cause there is that whole nother level as celebrities. You guys get that all the time. I it's bet people so, take pictures of me so when disturbing. I was asleep. Um, Why? This is before mask. <laughs> I actually think I've done that to you when oh, we've sure. been on planes together. Though. Okay. Um, let's follow up. <laughs> On the wait a second, didn't you used to oh, walk sure. around the airplane <laughs> and film people sleeping? You did huh? me. <laughs> you were so oh, wrong for you, that. Tristan, yes, you did. You got Ron, me sleeping, Richard. which means can I please tell you that the players are always at the front of the airplane, and then you have the medical staff in the middle, and then you have the coaches section, and then you have all us peons in the back chanting physically got up and walked to the very back of the airplane because I sleep before oh, yeah. the plane even takes off with 9,000 pillows stacked and got me sleeping with my mouth Check open. It out. Rude. Um, okay. How about the HBO doubling down? <laughs> I sent you guys the, the comment, the statement on the Jerry West conversation. Uh, West saying, Jerry West saying that he will take it all the way to the Supreme Court. But I want to get your take on something kind yeah. of sideways from that, Channing. Beefs you wish ended up in Supreme Court. Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> do Richard and Skip Bayless. <laughs> uh, who else? Beefs that ended up in... Oh, um, poor Ja Rule and 50 Cent. 50 Cent just bullying him. 50 Cent Ja Rule, which is an obscure one. And, uh, and I don't only say the name. I don't really want to get into it. But the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing is really... Sad and interesting. Oh. Okay. Not to make fun of it or make light because of the situation in itself. But did you see that viral clip of him just drawing pictures was, in the yeah, courtroom? Yes. 
on a sticky note and then his lawyer like, Dude, I mean, it? what is he what are you going to do? Like it's you know, but Johnny Depp is the type of person where you're like, "Oh man, did you say this?" Yeah, I did. And he's like, "Yeah, it wasn't right, but yeah, I just felt like it." <laughs> I just don't for a man to to be that calm. Usually if you're kind of guilty, you're not as calm from my point of view. My man's up there like yeah, I said I would mm-hmm. burn her corpse and make it sure it was dead and all this kind of horrid shit. But he was like, "Yeah, I was mad. I said it. I don't. I'm not going to do it. But I said I, I said I would. I'm not going to. But you know, and I'm just like, God, both these people are sickos. Such a toxic. Talk about a toxic relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I feel like it's so much more deeper than that. All right, uh, last one, really quick. Dunk of the year, Josh. Uh, yes, easily. The what were night? you thinking, Malik Beasley? He's not a charge yeah. guy. He's not a charge guy, especially right there. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. And then he got teabagged halfway yep. up. You're going to be on every John Morant Top Shot poster. It's, you know, it's, what are those things called? The the other thing. Oh, the uh, fat, yeah, heads? fat heads. All that. Just <laughs> John Morant nuts on your head. It's the worst. <laughs> Just. Uh. And on that note, oh my God, I'm going to lose my voice. I cannot. Channing, you. you're amazing. We just talked Boom. for almost an hour. Um, all your takes on the NBA playoffs. Um, you know what to do. If you like what you're listening to, if you love what you're watching, rate, review, subscribe, call us, leave us a voicemail, 657-5-CALL-RT. We love you. Until next time.